Hello and welcome to another edition of Resistance TV. Last week's local election saw ex-Labour members all over the country standing as independent candidates, and they made a significant impact too. One of the most sensational results of the night was in Garston in Liverpool, where Sam Gorston and Lucy Williams put the Labour Party to the sword. And I'm delighted that they've uh, agreed to join us on Resistance TV tonight to talk about their experience, because it was a pretty bruising affair. Labour resorted to their usual dirty tricks to smear their opponents in a desperate attempt to win the seat. But the smears weren't just confined to Liverpool. In the election for Cheshire West and Chester Council, for example, Labour were putting out leaflets saying that I posed a threat to national security after I'd endorsed Mandy Clare, who was standing as a salt-of-the-earth candidate. But despite Labour's shameless tactics, Mandy and other salt-of-the-earth candidates romped home with substantial majorities. And the results for Labour across the country were nowhere near as good as the corporate media are trying to make us believe. And I'm pleased to say that Phil Bevan, who's been on the show before, is also joining us tonight to offer some analysis of the results. Phil's been doing a deep dive, number crunching exercise to get a handle on what these results really tell us. So let me start with, uh, with Sam and Lucy, if I can. As I said in the introduction there, uh, Sam and Lucy, it was a pretty bruising encounter. Just tell us uh, about your experience. I mean, fantastic result. You've gone home to, to you know, a sensational result. I mean, cheers all around the country, mate, when that result came through, I've got right. to tell you. Uh, uh, but just tell us about it, because I'm sure some of our viewers will have heard a bit about the smears that you were subjected to. But, but just tell us about that and tell us about your, your campaign and, you know, and how you, how you, you know, you prevailed so successfully, because, you know, it really was a, an amazing result for you both. I mean, I'll start off with the the, the horrible bit first. Um, yeah. Labour Labour had put out local Labour um, and Northwest Labour had put out um, a leaflet. Um, it was an A3 leaflet. It was it was huge. Um, there was three elements to the leaflet. One one of the elements was insinuating that I was an anti Semite. The other element was that I, I climbed the housing ladder. Um, I basically used my position to get a council house. Um, and then the final position was. Um, me using anti-monarchy um, slayers um, on my Twitter account. So, yeah, they were trying to, I suppose, Labour were trying to um, undermine every Democratic and turn every Democratic away from voting for me. Just two days before, um, just two days before the postal votes uh, arrived on on the doorsteps. So, yeah, um, it, was, it was shocking, really. And, and, and I mean... You know, it's pretty low rent stuff that the party was resorting to. I mean, were you confident of uh, of victory, both of you, when the party were, you know, particularly when they put that leaflet out just before the postal votes dropped? I mean, did your heart sink? Did you think that you were still going to be able to prevail, or did you think they were going to be able to actually get over the line and beat you? I think through throughout the campaign, it was like very up and down. We were getting quite positive reactions when we were um, door knocking and I think the engagement from the community was good with us throughout. Um, we had like a really good social media presence and lots of the community actually got involved with our campaign. Um, but I think the lowest point for us was the smear campaign against Sam. With it being done just two days before the postal votes were sent out, it didn't give us much time to... Um, to like for Sam to put a case forward that it was all lies 
um, we did what we could and um, I think we found out at the count on Friday that it had backfired really from Labour because um, our postal votes are by far higher so our community like saw through what Labour were trying to do um, so I think that was the lowest point, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. because I've been working the ward for over four years now, um, with the boundary changes, a lot of the new ward that um, that we we won in was was in in the old ward that I represented, um, and therefore the community knew about my character. They knew they knew about everything I've done in the area. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of was a desperate attempt um, to to get rid of me really um and obviously they were using anti-semitism um over and over again just because of me yeah. pro-palestine stance but the worst yeah. thing was um there was a there was a spoof twitter account that was going around as well um and that was kind of mocking um me and, and other independent colleagues and um, we did eventually find out who who had who who um started the account because he accidentally put um, tweets out on his own personal account and it, it, was, a, it was actually a councillor within Liverpool who works for one really? of them wow. which works for one of the MPs so I won't give you them names but um, wow. yeah it was it was a, a toxic campaign um, headed by um, the, the top of the Labour Party and North West North West Labour which is we did enjoy the campaign and being like for me being quite new to politics yeah. that really um that it wasn't a nice experience when all of that was going on but i think like we showed that like we were better than them we we didn't yeah. lower ourselves to retaliate in any way and i think it reflects on the amount of votes that we got that that is what the community yeah from someone representing them they, they're fed up with all the gutter politics and yeah they just yeah. want genuine people representing them i think i think sure. for me one of the most hurtful things was um the person who had promoted the leaflet um was was someone who had would, would had been me what work colleague um me labor labor right. colleague in the ward the in previous wow. ward i worked in um so i was i felt like i was befriended for four years to be stabbed in the heart really um and um, yeah, that was the most disappointing thing. Um, that the Labour right obviously can pretend to be your friend, and then at no, any um can just um, launch an attack on you, especially as as personal and hateful as as the attack on me was. Um, no, I, I just um, felt quite guilty that um, the attack on me could reflect on on Lucy as well. Um, if if it went negatively, um, but yeah, I think. I think the community knew. Um, obviously, it didn't stop us from worrying or, um, you know, of course not. No, having like that mental health breakdown <laughs> at times. Mm. But um, yeah, I suppose we should have had more faith in the community, really. Um, but when a yeah. leaflet goes out like that, you just expect the worst. No, indeed. Well, tell us what your secret was then, because as I say, you know, it was a sensational result. We've heard about obviously the negative campaigning that the Labour Party indulged in, but. How did you, well, one, how do you suppose did you respond to the negativity? And more generally, what was the kind of basis, if you like, of your campaign? Because if we can bottle that and use that elsewhere, you know, that could be a really kind of great formula to enable us to challenge the established parties and offer a real alternative. Because what we've got with the two, well, if it, 
include the Liberal Democrats in, in that as well. No real difference. You know, they're two sides of the of the same coin in, in reality now, uh, both committed to neoliberal economics, both committed to the, uh, you know, the war machine, the kind of uh, uh, military industrial uh, complex in that sense. They're in the pockets, they're owned, aren't they, in reality by corporate capitalism. And so there is no real choice. And But you've obviously perfected, uh, you know, a, a campaigning technique, which clearly has borne substantial dividends for you. And, you know, if we can impart that intelligence, if you like, that, that campaigning technique uh, to others around the country, then, you know, hopefully, we'll, you know, we'll see other uh, similar sensational results. And as I say, you know, offer people a real, genuine, alternative choice. In a democracy, that's what we should be doing. And that's what democracy should be about, isn't it? About giving people choice about the sort of vision that they want to see for the country. So, Lucy, Sam, I mean, just, just tell us, how, you know, how, how you went about that. Um, I think from day one, we chose that we were going to just have a positive, um, a clean and a youthful campaign, like through through it. Um, we didn't retaliate to any of the slurs. We engaged like other um, community leaders in our campaign. Like we had people out from like local children's centres supporting us Um we like got how did you how did you do that lucy i mean that that's quite significant to get local opinion formers like that i mean <clears throat> how did you go about recruiting those people to, well, to your cause a good base anyway because he represents he's represented this area before so yeah. all the hard work yeah. that he's done before um people like value that so there was a there was some community engagement there prior to the campaign but i think we are actually from this community, which the Labour candidates weren't. So right. we work here, our kids go to school here, um, and we live in the ward. I mean, we we, we were up against um, a London barrister that um, was parachuted in just a, a year and a bit before um, he ran, he ran yeah. as a councillor. Um, no one no one knew him, but people, people know us just from being in the community. So I, I think that was the winner i think i think as well um La labor always seem to think that liverpool is a socialist red city and they'll always get in every time but the the issue is um is that they're taking the communities for granted um they're, they're being complacent um, and throughout the campaign i was calling calling him um, labor lazy labor because it, it's similar across across liverpool that they expect just to get in and they, you know, they expect, um, I, I suppose that they're always entitled, they always yeah. seem entitled to the community. Um, so therefore the community rebelled against that, especially after that um, smear campaign. Um, they thought, do you know what, we don't see our, we don't see no sights or sounds of our, um, our councillors. So why, yeah. why are we even supporting them anymore? Yeah. There were lots of comments as well because um, our, local MP um she she was um very visible for the Labour Party during this campaign and there was lots of negativity from this community that they never see her um no. unless it's one of unless something like this is is going on so mm. I, I just think the community have rebelled against the Liverpool Labour and National Labour as well um by getting behind us and we're going yeah. to repay them because this is a community that hasn't been represented for years.
there's really deprived no. areas around here that have been neglected and I think that people have just had enough of it now and um I mean, I mean getting behind us. I mean the fact that um we were getting emailed and stopped for posters <laughs> and we gave out yeah. five posters um we didn't really even ask people to take take them we were just advertising wow. them and we were getting called and we get you must have scared the bejesus out of the labor party with that kind of yeah, I uh, mean, they were putting in, then. putting in 30 to 50 people every day and um, they were wow. whipping people out of their own wards that they needed to win into gaston yeah. i mean i do yeah. i do feel like i was the biggest threat within the city M myself yeah. and um, alan gibbons as well um, they yes. really did plough the resources, and Labour yeah. Northwest did the same into um, yeah. into Garston and Avril Park. Yeah, well, I mean, you both. I mean, you and Alan. I mean, you know, been stalwarts of the of the Labour Party, and uh, you know, it seems that you know people recognise that, and obviously turned out for you. But I mean, Lucy talks about um, you know getting you know local uh, opinion formers on side, and and you know your profile. I think you were saying, Lucy, that's you, Sam, you know, it helped to, to, to do that. Were there any other uh, techniques that you deployed as well as sort of reaching out to opinion formers uh, to kind of get them on side? So clearly that, you know, is, is a really huge bonus when you've got you know, the significant figures in the local community saying, well, you know, Sam and Lucy, good, good guys, you know, you should vote for them. I mean, that it's pretty gold dust, that is. I mean, is there any other techniques to, that, that you think would potentially be transferable elsewhere? I think I think having a really good social media presence um, is is right. crucial. Being in your local groups, being on next door, you know, always sharing your, the planning planning um, applications. Whether there's licensing issues, the dog crap, you know, all these yeah. bread and butter issues. They they the issues that your community wants you to champion, um, and the fact that um, we well, I've got a policy that I deal with casework within forty eight hours. Um, yeah. And it, if I can't, I do I do um, inform residents. But I think yeah. just having like a really organised, um, approachable, and an honest campaign, um, yeah, throughout the year, is is what that, that is about. definitely. I mean, I, I can certainly empathise with that because that, that definitely something when I was uh, councillor and uh, and obviously MP as well, particularly councillor though, because you're a bit more closer to the. To the public in that sense, and uh, and that 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 what you just said there, Sam, about always getting back to people, uh, and you know even if you, it's not necessarily you know a positive outcome, but just that, that kind of interaction, I think people, in my experience anyway, you know really respect that and appreciate the fact that you know that you that you've um, you know you've gone that extra mile to to try to make a, a difference. Was that was that your sense as well? Well, I think I, I think basically um, because the other ward councillors, this was before the boundary changed. Um, I was I ended up doing the job of four or five councillors because the yeah, other three yeah. councillors in the neighbouring ward and the current councillors in in the Crescenton ward, um, they really didn't do enough, and therefore. Yeah. What had happened was they'd kept emailing me to say because um, they don't rec obviously the public don't really recognise the boundaries. Um, so yeah, of I was course doing, not. No, I was doing quite a lot of casework for the yeah. neighbouring ward even before I knew the boundary changes were happening. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if it's just because I'm a good guy or I can't say no, but um, yeah, I was just dealing with the the residents that have that are yeah. in Garston now. Um, but yeah, I think something else well, we did we did well was um, making sure that people were registered to vote. Um, ah, right. 
So we, we did a lot of work around that and getting people actually out to vote, like people who are similar like to ourselves that might not have voted before, but their other parents at the school um, or we might have worked with them. Um, but I think people that might not have voted before actually came out to vote for us because they knew us and and they were behind us. So I think we probably picked up more votes from people that hadn't voted before. Yeah, that, that's one of the additional things. Um, the, the school gates campaigns are so important. Right. We've got two, we've got four primary schools. We targeted right. them all and so many parents weren't registered to vote. They were just disillusioned with politics completely. They didn't have just ID. Don't, just unpack uh, that a little bit. I mean, so how, how did you go about a school gate campaign? What, what, what would you, I mean, for somebody who's kind of watching, who's thinking about maybe standing, you know, pissed off with the Labour Party, like to stand. What is a school gate campaign? What, what does that entail? What, what did you do? It just... Put put on your um your rosette on just so that you, you you've clearly identified that you are a political candidate, and just talking to mums, giving giving mums and dads sorry giving them the time um and you know to talk about issues um sorry the kids are here that's okay <laughs> so, that's okay um, just general issues within the community um yeah and were people people receptive worthy to you approaching them at the school gate in that way. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was it was the biggest campaign winner, to be honest. And wow. I've never ever wow. done that within the Labour Party before. No, um, no. And then we'd we'd also spend time outside our supermarkets as well. Um, oh right, okay. Same thing. So all, all similar your, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. All your local amenities. I mean, when scouts groups finish, we I mean we we done everything like we could. Abs we we done everything we could think of. Wow. It sounds like a really brilliant uh, campaign. That you did. Sam, you also said, and, and I forgot to ask you to just sort of elaborate a little bit. You talked about it's important to have a good social media presence. And, and then you also said something about, the, but you didn't elaborate on it, the, the kind of, uh, the, what type of social media presence. I mean, were you sort of getting into other local social media groups like on facebook and things like that i mean is that what you mean by whether or, or do you just mean just having your own sort of social media thing or do you mean actually you know inter in, interacting with with existing community facebook groups and things like that is that is that what you did or not yeah but sam locally is known as the facebook counselor because loads right. of um, loads of residents will give sam casework through facebook right. so and we've got a massive following on Facebook, but then there's other groups like um, Nextdoor, which is more about um, kind of smaller communities. So right. we got um, we got like a lot of support on that group as well, didn't we? Um, I mean, with, with the um, physical advice surgeries, um, I only get really like one or two people kept coming to them a month. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's like right. kind of older traditional method. A lot of the yeah. new a lot of the current councillors or Liverpool Labour councillors don't have a social media presence, and it's because right. it's not that they they don't. It, it's because they don't want one because they get a lot more casework and they can't be bothered yeah. with it. And they're, and they're lazy, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's probably the reason why um, you know I get a lot more casework than they do. And obviously, if yeah. you get a lot more casework and you action a lot more casework, regardless of what result you get at the end of it or what the outcome is people know who you are because you're actually putting the work in. 
Yeah. Do you think you actually got um, support then from people who perhaps wouldn't vote normally for any party then this time? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. When, when, when we become an independent, it, I suppose even the Lib Dems would, would vote for me, even knowing that I'm, I'm a bit of a Marxist, I'm a bit of a socialist, yeah. and, and yeah, um, yeah, yeah. they weren't bothered because they knew we, both of us, they, they know both of us from the, our community presence, really. Um, and they, they didn't care about politics. It was more getting things done in the community. Like, so the, the, the Lib Dem vote um, just dropped dramatically as well. Um, right, right, Obviously, right. we got fi- almost 50% of the vote share. Labour only got 33 So it was it was kind of a, a massive victory for us. I mean, Garston has been Labour for, for, for 20 years now. Um, yeah. And we, we took them out. And it was such a good feeling after the... Well, I can imagine. Most of it, wow. After the, the shite um, Labour put me through, I mean, I was suspended three times. I was under yeah. investigation, change of circumstance interview. Um, yeah, so many different articles yeah. were put on my way. And it was just because I'm pro-Palestine. Um, maybe yeah. it's because I've got Arab heritage. I, I, I don't know. I can't really say, but I, I do think that there is a hierarchy of racism with it within the party, as Martin Ford um, rightly yeah. Came up with the outcome, but yeah, it's it's just yeah. And, and obviously, with the with the first independence to to win um, seats in Liverpool for over fifty yeah. years, one of the no, one, a... one of the last ones were, was Eleanor Rathbone, and then she became right. an MP straight after it. So yeah, yeah. We, we have yeah. made history in a way. I'm not I'm not bigging this up, but yeah, that, it, it that's is. the next that's the next step then, uh, uh, Sam and, and Lucy. Yeah, we don't want to see you on the green benches in Parliament, mate, because we need people. Real people like you two, uh, you know, in in parliaments. I mean, obviously, I've I've been there. And I've you know, I've rubbed shoulders with these people. I was going to use a swear word to describe them, but they're not real people. You know, they're just bloody careerists, and they don't give a toss. I mean, the thing that they put first and foremost is their career. Mm-hmm. And what got me, I've got to say, when when what happened to me, and you know, in my support for for people who are being targeted and speaking up in their support, and then obviously I was was targeted, was that people who I used to venerate and, and, and think were really, you know, principled socialists, in the end, all put their career first and wouldn't speak out, you know, um, for me, for Ken, for Jackie, you know, for all the people that, you know, that's been targeted. But I just want to say, what do you, do you get a sense of um, dissatisfaction across Liverpool with the Labour Party and the established parties? I mean, what's your sense about how people kind of view that Labour council now and the, and the Labour council's on it. We've had so many comments saying um, like we wish we had an independent in our area to vote for and uh, no chance uh, but to, to vote Labour. Um, I mean there, there is a, a massive need for an alternative within Liverpool especially one with socialist values. I mean every one of our candidates we put forward for the Liverpool Community Independence came second so we we outdone the Lib Dems in everywhere we put um we put someone um so yeah I just think because they're new candidates as well and they haven't got that that history that I have as a councillor um it possibly might have went the other way but we also had yeah. um a group called Liberate Liverpool um run candidates as well some and they ran candidates in some wards that we did um which was disappointing. Otherwise, our, yeah. our, our results would have been a lot better than, than yeah. they were. We could have potentially well, got in in another area if the people that had voted for the other yeah. group had um, 
had voted for our candidate instead. So that that was probably the only disappointing thing on the day. Well, again, no, I... coming back to the the, M, the MP thing, um, our MP is Maria Eagle, um, and she's lost the whole of um, Halewood North and South to independence. She's now lost right. Garston to independence. Yeah. She's lost Wharton yeah. and Brassendale to Lib Dems. I suppose she's yeah. lost most all of her seats apart from yeah. a couple to um to other parties. Um so yet she would be one of the most uh, <laughs> one of the people within Liverpool, one of the MPs that I, I, I would um vow everyone to um campaign against, really. Mm. Probably the the least um left wing as well. Mm. Oh, indeed. Uh, well, I don't think there's any real left-wing uh, Labour uh, MPs actually in the blooming House of Commons now. I mean, they might sort of talk the talk some of them, but, you know, we've seen over the last five years that literally not one of them walked the wall. They're literally not one of them. I mean, it really grieves me to say that because I have the utmost respect for some of them. And, uh, you know, a number of them, again, I didn't feel worthy of it. You know, when I got in, I was just a working-class kid from Derby. You know what I mean? You kind of see these people who are telling them. No, I mean, you know, I still mean, to them, you know? I feel exactly the same. I mean... You, the the basically putting the principles on the line for ninety k a year, I or ninety yeah. k a year. I I just can't see why or how someone could do that. I mean, no. People, well, I think people. I think Sam, like me, I think you and uh, I guess Lucy as well. I mean, my view is that when you have a political platform. I believe you're obligated then to use that platform to stand up for what's right, to speak up for the people that elected you and hang the consequences. Look, I would love to still be on £90,000 a year. I would love to still be building up a big pension pot. I mean, I'm not poverty-stricken, don't get me wrong. But, you know, I've lost a lot of brass. But, you know, as I used to say when I was doing the Democracy Roadshow, if you want a job, don't be a Labour MP. Being an MP ain't a bloody job. And when you start treating it as a job and a career, you're going to start making decisions based upon what's good for your career. Christ, how prophetic were those words? Because within six or seven months, people who I thought would have been rallying to my support and indeed other comrades who were being uh, targeted uh, literally put their career first. Put yeah. their career first. They wouldn't speak out because they knew the consequences would be that they would be targeted in the same way that I was. And they would I mean, potentially then lose their, their cushy life. I mean... Liverpool Town Hall was the same. I mean, I, I voted against an arms fair that was coming into the city. Yes, I remember going up to the demo and I think we spoke actually, but yeah. Yeah, on, I mean, I've, I've got Yemeni family in Yemen still. Um, yeah. And it was just something that I was never, ever going to compromise on. No, and no. because I voted in such a way, um, I was punished and, and another another colleague was punished and, and, and she had a chair position um, almost taken from her. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was it was quite it's quite hard um, being whipped, and therefore yes. our new party we've got no whipping system. Obviously, we no. try to come to a consensus, but yeah. you're not gonna it's not gonna be punitive if you if you vote yeah. in a different way to your colleagues. And I think in a democracy that's so important. Well, just before I bring Phil into the discussion, because I want to get this analysis about the election results across the the, the country. Just tell us, uh, uh, both of you, uh, if people are interested in following you on social media and, and you know, following what you do, your work, your campaigning, etc. What's the what's the best way for people to keep up to date with what you're both doing? I think probably Twitter and um, to keep up to date with things. Um, so you can follow the 
are the Liverpool Community Independence Group, um, and then there's links to the. Um, uh, uh, what's the tw- what's the Twitter handle for that, uh, Lucy? What's the Twitter it's, handle? Uh, it's L Independence. Right at L Independence. Yeah, right. and then right. our ones are um, Councillor, um, the abbreviated version, CL. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sam Gorston. And then mine, and what's mine's Lucy H. Williams one. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, I think I'll put that in the covering <coughs> tweet. Your both your Twitter handles so yeah, people can look at that. Maybe keep that. Maybe guys, our, te- our technical person can um, can put that on screen so that that yeah. people can uh, can see it and and, uh, and and follow. In fact, he's doing it now. Look already. Well done, Gaz. Yeah. He's he's, kind of, he's, he's not. Gaz has not. Gaz has not fallen asleep then, which is good. Say again, Lucy. We want to keep the momentum up now. We've had like yes, so many positive um, comments and so much support. But what we need now is um, other people that want to stand um, that can yeah, yeah. That we can help. Because before you stand, you need to be involved in your communities. We don't want to be like yeah. Labour, where we just put a candidate up. A, no, uh, do yeah. For an election, we want people to be working in the communities. Yeah, um, yeah. Because then the chances of them getting in will be much higher. Absolutely. And that's what it should be about at the end of the day anyway. It's not just a career, is it, as we keep saying. You know, it's about actually, you know, serving the community and, you know, and standing up, as I've already said, yeah. you know, for what's right. But, I mean, you, you know, you two, are, you know, and others as well, of course, that have done so so well. You know, you're a real inspiration. Thank you for everything that you've done. It's absolutely amazing. And look, and success breeds success, doesn't it? It's fantastic. I mean, you've already made the point, Lucy, you know, that people... I've been like encouraged, inspired by your success, and are asking you, well, how can they get involved? That's fantastic. So obviously, we uh, Gaz has put that uh, that uh, Twitter handle up on the uh, on the score. That's gone off the screen yes. now. Anyway, I, so it might. Go on, could Gaz, I just sorry. say one last thing? I just want to also say congratulations to um, Mandy Clare, Salt of the Earth. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 What a fantastic name that is. <laughs> it is, yeah. it is, it is, it is, it is. It. I mean, and those results are replicated elsewhere. I mean, as I say, Little Market Town just up the road from where I live in, in Belper, they had a similar result to yourselves, you know. Um, it's great to see. And so that's been repeated up and down the country, which we'll come on to. But listen, don't go off the call because you might want to interact with some of the stuff that, that Phil uh, will be talking okay. about uh, now. So, yeah, so uh, please stay in and, and feel free to sort of uh, just uh, jump in. But let's just welcome uh, Phil. Bevan now to the show. Phil, for regular viewers will know, uh, has been on the show a few times, has uh, formerly worked for uh, Jeremy Corbyn when Jeremy was the leader of the party. But as I was saying in the introduction there, Phil has been doing a deep dive number crunching exercise, looking at the results and analysing what they really mean. We've had a lot of spin in the media. Oh, this is fantastic. Oh, this is Sir Starmer doing an amazing job. Labour's on course for victory in the next month. You're not just going to make any difference because there's no, in fact, in some ways it might be even worse than the, than the Tories. Let's be honest about it. It's more of a, in some ways, more of an authoritarian than, than the Tories actually are. But Phil, just tell us what your um, analysis has revealed of the results across the country. Well, um, you've got to judge the results on the challenge that the Labour Party has set themselves. So um, the baseline for my analysis was the Labour Together report, which um, is is clear that in order to win a majority of one at the next election, Labour needs to win 123 seats um, across the country. And that requires a swing of about uh, 10%. 
And so, and, and the benchmark for that is is basically the 1997 um, general election. So that they need about a swing of 10%, and they also therefore need to be about uh, between 12 and 14% ahead in the polls in order to secure that. And that's for that's for a majority of one. So that's right. not for a Blair-like landslide. They need a Blair-like um, vote share in order to, to, to get a majority of one. Um, so the local election results, which are uh, a much better indicator historically than um, notional polling, um, show Labour getting... Um, uh, I think a 7% lead over the Tories on 35% of the vote, which is roughly the same percentage as they got um, the last time they contested local elections last year. Um, and just bear in mind also that the kind of historic trends for opposition parties when it comes to elections is that they tend to do worse in general elections than they do in local elections, because in local elections, voters often use those as a way of protesting um, against the government. So Keir Starmer has, has kind of his strategy and, 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 you know, I don't think that attacking the left is actually just vindictiveness on his part. I think um, part of this is his electoral strategy because he's calculated that he, he needs to win over a lot of Tory voters. Um, the, the problem that Starmer has is that the Tories seem to be recovering slightly. And you can see this in, in Rishi Sunak's approval ratings going up a bit along with the, the polling gap um, closing. Because although the polls are wrong, um, the trend is, is interesting and the trend is something that tends to reflect what's actually going on. So, mm -hmm. so the, the trouble for Starmer is, is that people tend to vote how they've historically voted. He is banking on winning over lots of Tory voters. But if you take into account all the trends, his results over the past couple of years and the direction of travel, you're looking at Tory voters returning to the fold after this set of elections, returning to the Tory fold after this set of elections. So it is entirely possible, and I would actually say likely, that come the next general election, Labour could do worse than they did this time and and now people, wow. you know, commentators are saying that if this result was repeated in in 2024 next year labor would be on course to be the largest party in a hung parliament but you don't need a big shift for that to switch right. around and for the tories to be either the largest party or in government on a very small majority and my own personal view is that if you look at the trends unless something really big changes that's what we're on course for so labor is going to lose i believe Mm. What's your thoughts, uh, Phil? I don't know if you've been able to glean any uh, indication from the analysis that you've been doing as you've been looking at the results across the country. What's your kind of take on the prospects for an independent insurgency to make uh, a breakthrough? Or indeed, for that matter, one of the other smaller, like the Workers' Party uh, or Tusk, etc., to potentially make a breakthrough at the next election. What, do you think there's any indication that could be possible or not? I think from, I mean, not just from looking at stuff this time around, from myself participating in elections and, and seeing friends um, also do it. I've got a mate who's an independent councillor um, down in Kingston-upon-Thames, which is their Davies seat. And what he is 
done is very similar to what um, Sam and Lucy have done in that it's it's um, kind of having a socialist principle to your to your, your the stuff you do on a day to day basis, but it is really the day to day community politics in the individual areas. You know that's why he won, and I think that is my takeaway from the the stuff I've done as well is that there is no there's no silver bullet in terms of um, politics. If if you go out there, you know, and you just stand at election time, you're not likely to get anywhere. So it does require a, a lead in where people who actually care about the community go out and campaign. And that means that there is no kind of, it's very unlikely that you have loads of people standing at the next general election as independent socialists that they're all going to get in. So what you need to do is look at individual areas and specific seats where you have a good candidate and where the voting history suggests that you might break through. So, you know, it, it, this might sound pessimistic in the sense that you're looking at, you know, Jeremy Corbyn is a good example, but you're looking at, you know, one or two, maybe three um, independent MPs aiming for that. And if, if you get two, then that that's brilliant. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it would be in a mini earthquake, especially if Starmer, the, the vote is very close and Starmer needs just one or two MPs for his majority or, or to be the largest party. So when you've, if you've got one or two socialist seats that can deny him that, and I, I do believe that he is a more dangerous figure um, than Rishi Sunak, because yeah. I, I, my, my impression of Starmer is that he is a more ideological authoritarian than Sunak. Um, and because he's got trade union backing to an extent and he's got um sort of quote-unquote progressive credentials i think that gives him cover for a lot of really nasty stuff um that he could potentially do so i do think stopping starmer is a priority and i think that if we do get a couple of well-placed socialists in at the next general election it can play an outsized role in doing that given if you look at the polling which suggests it's actually going to be quite close um next year in my view I mean, unless something changes, but that's the trouble yeah. with making predictions. Well, of course, you never know. A week is a long um, time in, in politics, yeah. as they say, comrade. But, uh, but you know, um, we see on social media, don't we, uh, people who are a bit, you know, critical of Keir Starmer, you know, the kind of the right-wingers, right-wing Labour people are saying, oh, yeah, just Tory enablers. Um, but, you know, in some ways, I don't know what you, both of you actually be interested in your take on this, you know, in some ways, damaging Labour, even if, even if it lets the Tories in, damaging Labour and demonstrating that they can't just ride roughshod over the aspirations, the wishes, uh, the priorities of a large section of the population, let alone, you know, people who are, you know, natural Labour supporters, that... You know, maybe that might just sort of bring them up with a with a jolt and think, bloody hell, you know, we perhaps do have to, uh, 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 you know, change our policy. My own perspective is that we need to destroy the Labour Party. I don't think there's any way back for the Labour Party. But that might be one of the routes potentially, you know, for the Labour Party to think, well, look, you know, if we're going to get into power, um, you know, maybe we do need to change. But on the other hand, of course, in my view anyway, I'm just interested in your two's take on this. It is a party of the establishment, particularly now. It is a, maybe it's always been, but definitely now is a party of the establishment, and that's their priority because they're owned by, you know, corporate capitalism, and uh, you know they are. Uh, they, I mean, to be honest about it. You know, they're owned by the by the Zionist lobby. I mean, half the parliamentary Labour Party are members of Labour Friends of Israel. You know, now, now Zionist uh, 
out of it. And uh, let's remember, you know, that Israel is the, you know, the last brutal apartheid state on earth. And these people, you know, in a, in a so-called progressive uh, left of centre party are actually in bloody endorsing it. So what's your take on what I've just said? I mean, perhaps maybe you, Sam, first and then come back to, to Phil to finish off. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think Starmer um, and Dave Evans, they do want to um, mirror the, 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 the Tory style party where they've got um, far less membership to control, um, but bigger donors. Um, and I think that's reflected on how many people they've purged or how many people have left. I mean, even our local party, um, I've, I've recently reported to the ICO because the, my local party um, sent me um, an email which had cc'd 186 Labour Party members in it um, and therefore I knew that was the, the local Labour Party um, Austin Halewood membership um, but when Corbyn was around um, just one ward that I represented was 368 um, yeah. Um, yeah. So it just shows you um, there's there's five wards in in Gaston Halewood CLP, um, and yeah, it's just it's just half of one one of the wards when when Corbyn was the leader. Um, it, yeah. it, obviously, they've they've purged so many members, or or so many members have left. Um, yeah, so I do I do think they're trying to mirror the um, the Tory style style outfits really, um, and that and that yeah. shows that they are. Um, wanting to be a part of the establishment. Phil, mm-hmm. I mean, any, any thoughts on, on on this sort of uh, you know this 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 allegation you know with Tory enablism? You know, maybe that's not necessarily a bad thing if that can force the Labour Party to change course. Well, I mean, I, I've never been a believer in the lesser of two evils kind of um, analysis mm-hmm. of the situation. I think you're only a Tory enabler if you vote Tory, and if you vote for you know if you vote for who you want to vote for, then that's you're, you're trying to enable that, aren't you? Um, but yes, yeah, in, in yeah. terms of um, the Labour Party and and whether or not you know there's any hope of changing it or whether destroying it is a good idea. Um, I mean, I, I didn't used to feel this way. Obviously, I was a member of the Labour Party. I even worked. Yeah, me and all for, 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 for nearly 44 yeah, years, so, mate. You know, so. This is something that I've, I don't have a theory, you know, I don't come from a theoretical point of view, but from a practical point of view, uh, through my experiences, what I've what I've learned is that I think if we, because of Labour's role um, in is essentially acting as a buffer for the establishment, um, if we're going to get to the Tories, we're going to have to go through labor and destroy that first so it's step by step and yeah. and so in order to destroy labor you need to think about what is the the next best step towards doing so um and labor is relatively weak in historically because it's got this kind of atrophying support over years thanks to blairism and neglect and taking people for granted and so yeah. the way you do it is you do it bit by bit in communities and you get in people who really care about issues like sam and lucy um yeah you challenge them and defeat them um and over time you 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 destroy them and i think you know if labor which i think is likely doesn't win uh, in 2024, then you're looking at um, existential crisis, or they probably won't look at it that way themselves. But because you've got, um, I think, was it four elections? Maybe yeah. how many elections they've lost since um, since 2010? Um, and you know, at the moment we've we've, we've got um, the Tories presiding over economic crisis. Now, if Labour can't get in, and I reckon that 35% of the vote might be topping out of where they're where their share is roughly um, at election time, 
Um, if they can't get in in these circumstances, it is possible that they actually can't get in um, at all ever again because unless something massive changes, but something massive did change in um, in 2015. Um, yes. Just 2017, and, then, and then you had a corresponding jump in Labour yeah. support. But yeah. that's gone now. And actually, as we've all been discussing, it's not just the um, disenchantment with the Labour right. People like myself, even if a left-winger, you know, quote-unquote left-winger got in, I would not believe them in terms of what yeah. they said they would do. Because as you've been saying, Chris, we've all seen what their, you know, what their words mean. They're not followed up by yeah. So there is yeah. there is no fallback because the Labour left was a fallback for the Labour right, in a sense, just as the Labour right is a fallback for the Tories. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't yeah. exist anymore because we're wise to it. So the whole yeah. enterprise is is crumbling. And it's going to take a long time for it for this you know edifice to be cut down. But um I do believe it's possible, and it's and Sam and Lucy have shown that it is, but we need to call no, it. No, indeed. I think absolutely. In... I mean I've got Sam, yeah, go. I just think in addition to that, we need to get the, the unions to um to, yeah, to yeah. really to really um obviously then they need to do more, they need to speak up against Starmer and, yeah. and well, what are they doing? What are they doing? It's crazy that they're back rolling this bloody uh, you know, it's a shit show, isn't it? You know, if I could yeah. use some crude language. I mean, for Christ's sake. I mean, you know, they're hostile to trade unionism, they're hostile to the uh, uh, you know, the the, the kind of best uh, endeavours of the uh, and the best interests of the, of the working class. The Labour Party doesn't represent the working class. I tell you what, I tell you a little anecdote. In 2014, Labour didn't do too badly in the local elections. It's under Miliband, mm. and uh, the PLP. I was at this meeting, and they were cock-a-hoop and celebrating what a great result it was, and how Labour was no longer a party of the working class. This is what they were saying. Mm. It's the middle class that's got us in, and then people come up to me and saying, and I'm just to one of them saying. You still get working class supporters in your constituency, Chris. Well, yeah, I said I hope so. So we don't support us in, you know. But basically, they were saying we don't need them. We're a part mm. of the middle class time. It's absolutely bloody disgraceful, you know. But just one other thing, um, just in closing, uh, just in terms of you know what the future for the Labour Party is. Then, just looking at the international experience, it seems to me, both in Europe and indeed in Latin America that it's been new movements, new parties that have emerged that have actually captured the imagination and replaced, you know, the old, the like social democratic um, traditional parties because they were useless in the end. They were totally owned, as the Labour Party is, by, you know, the oligarchs, by the corporate class, you know, by the military-industrial complex. And maybe, you know, that's a lesson for us uh, in, in this country. But just in closing, any, any comments on that, either of you? I think I think the only way the only way to get rid of of the the main establishment parties is to create a new one, and um, getting the unions on board, um, and and maybe Jeremy Corbyn needs to um, really have a, a oh, hard thing about that. Definitely, he does. And uh, and if and it, you know at some point we're going to have to say either Jeremy's with us or or not, you know, uh, and we're going to have to just move beyond that. Then I mean, you know, Jeremy's done an amazing, incredible service in actually rehabilitating, you know, socialism, inspiring so many people. But you know, if he's not going to be part of this move to create something new, then we've got to we've got to say that we've got to recognise that. I hope he is because he has an incredible reach still, and he could be an, an immense power, you know, force for good. And I hope he uses that. You know, in a positive way. But listen, uh, Phil. Just in conclusion, uh, we've uh, we've heard from Sam and Lucy about how people can 
follow uh, their work. And I know you've now got a uh, Substack uh, um, Patreon character. Patreon, I think, but not Substack. It's the American <laughs> thing. I do beg your pardon. Um, Patreon, Patreon. Sorry, mate. Yeah. And we talked to Max Bloom, the fellow, not too much. Um, yeah, you've got a Patreon account now, haven't you, and so on. And uh, so you do some So tell us, uh, just tell people how they can, because you're doing some great, interesting work. So how can people follow you on social media and follow your Patreon? Uh, uh, well, my, my Twitter handle is is down under my name on the thing, on the screen. And I um, post all my stuff on Patreon stuff on Twitter. I do it, um, It's there's no paywall or anything like that, because I, I do it mainly because I'm interested. Um, and because I'm, I'm trying to kind of, do a bit of um, educating myself, but also hopefully educating other people at the same time um, and discovering some very interesting and very unpleasant things as well about the history of the left in the UK, um, you know, and, and also the present of the left in the UK. And we've, the other thing is we've got to be really careful about um, who we trust and the kind yeah. of organisations that we trust because we've got some real problems at the moment. Um, just to come back to your point, Chris, on um, on the 2014 election local election results everyone was cock a hoop you said but you know ed Miliband went on to lose oh yeah that's, absolutely that, yeah and i just want to reinforce my point but that is the trend is that opposition parties tend to do better in local yeah. elections than they do in the the upcoming general elections even true of blair in 1997 i think they they got 14 percent of the vote in um 1996 and 13% of the vote in 1997 and I think in 1995 they got something like 22% of the vote so it was a story of decline and I really do think that's why I really do think that um, Labour is topping out where they are now in my opinion probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, let me uh, thank uh, Lucy Williams, uh, Sam Gorston and you Phil, Phil Bevan for joining us this evening. I think it's been another really interesting discussion. Thank you, all of you, and, uh, and particularly thanks to you, uh, Lucy and, and Sam, for your fantastic work, your inspiration, and your, your success. Mm -hmm. It's really encouraged all of us around the country, mate. And as I said, just to repeat the point, I think the biggest cheer of the night, all over the country, mate, was your results. A lot of people knew the shit that you were going through, mate. And to uh, you know, stick one to the Labour Party after all that crap was amazing. So well done, mate. Well oh, done. Cheers. Thank you. And uh, thank you, everybody, for watching. We'll be back next week, hopefully, at uh, 7 o'clock on Resistance TV. So until then, this is Chris Williams saying bye for now.